Hello and welcome to Kanan Rin's Sound of Play 77. Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 77 is Leah Haydu. Hello. You're getting to be a, a bit of a regular on this show lately. You've so had a lot seems, of uh, yeah. appearances. It's, it's a good show. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to be a part of it. I, ha- I have opinions about video well, game music. It is music. now, you mean. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, we should address, we did play into the, the show with a bit of a, a, a dour and slow piece. Not a bad piece, of course, but uh, something a little bit less jovial than we typically like <laughs> to start out with. And um, that's because we're doing something, again, a little bit differently today. You know, I had a couple of death-themed pieces that I had been uh, had been wanting to play. And so I thought, hey, might as well just kind of like piece together all the good like game over music that we've heard from video games and uh and play those all in one place and um but it, it's not all going to be 
death marches and <laughs> sad slow songs like there's a lot of uh of upbeat songs in here as well it's just anything that would play over a game over screen so i also didn't realize and this is because the show we were originally going to do this a few weeks back but it just you know didn't end up coming together back then uh, so it had to be kind of pushed off until this date uh which as i'm looking at the calendar now is two days before the inauguration of Donald Trump. And so I'm not uh, trying to make a political statement. This, this is not social by, commentary this time. <laughs> by holding our like death theme, <laughs> which I realize like a lot of people are going to need some cheering up this week. And so maybe this wasn't the most appropriate special to hold this week. But, uh, you know, we've already got the recording um, ske- session scheduled and everything. So, man, and everybody's well. going to the rapture came out on Sunday, too. This is uh... oh, that's right. <laughs> unintentional this is just coincidence yeah you know we're not trying to say anything we're not also (laughs) trying to say that that's not what we believe but you know this is just sound of play we're listening to music we're just trying to have a good time we like soundtracks Uh, so i hope that this is fun despite the theme um and i hope it uh brings a smile to everyone's face (laughs) uh despite it being the music that you hear after you lose, you know, there can be a, there could be joy in losing as well, especially competitive games, because that means that somebody else has won. You've blessed them with that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was uh, when I was looking for uh, I really liked this idea uh, when when mm-hmm. you posed it to me and I, I um, started looking around for some pieces. And what I found was um, that it was actually a little bit more difficult to find pieces to include. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a show like this one, just because a lot of the uh, game over music or death music or whatever you want to call it is very short. And and that's... <laughs> I ran into the same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, when you, if, you're, if you think about it, I, a lot of times you're not going to want to sit on a game over screen for particularly right. long. You're either going to want to retry it or you're going to be frustrated and want to turn it off. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little difficult to find um, some, some longer pieces, but I, yeah. I, think, I think we have a good selection here. That might might even go back to uh, some of the traditions that emerged during the arcade days where mm. a game over meant like, you know, we are literally counting down from nine. And if you don't hit start <laughs> mm-hmm. before, if you don't insert more coins before uh, we get to zero, then your character, you know, gets a buzzsaw across them. Like, what was what game was that? Was that Ninja Gaiden or uh, Mortal Kombat or something? Something it, like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or uh, or, you know, you're your character gets immensely depressed or dropped into a pit or something like that. And, um, and so maybe, yeah, the, uh, the turnaround time between death and trying again, uh, by traditional game logic is supposed to be pretty quick. Um, but every once in a while, uh, they like to let themselves go with a fun game over screen. So, um, that, that piece that played us in is from, uh, an early Final Fantasy. You're bringing this to us, Leah. Do you want to tell us about that track? Yeah. So, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, is one of my favorite series next, right up there with Persona and Zelda. Uh, and some, not much of the game over music has really made that big of an impression on me. I think because if I'm getting a game over in something like that, that I'm probably attempting it right, right away to get back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but final fantasy two, which was, uh, the 
game that this uh, that the uh, first piece that we played here was from. Uh, I really like the game over music in that, and I heard it a lot because Final Fantasy II is a very difficult game. Um, it's one of the ones that was not actually initially released in the West. Uh, it only initially was released in Japan on the Famicom, and later got ports uh, over uh, over in the West on a number of different platforms. And it's really tough. It is not one of my favorite uh, Final Fantasies, but it's. Uh, it's nice that when you do die, you you hear this music because I I, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's one of one of the uh, the better game over tracks for that series, in my opinion. Yeah, so we are going from something very old from 1988 to something very new from 2015 for this next one, and uh, this is maybe a less traditional pick for a uh, typical game over song, although it is a not a death theme but a loss theme of sorts. This is Battle Lose Result by Toru Minigishi and Shiho Fuji from Splatoon. And that's a very vibrant and uh, diverse soundtrack right there. But this has always been one of my favorites just because it has such like a such weird instrumentation and such a fun, um, such a fun riff that it continually kind of plays off of. It's a shorter track again, but it's uh, and it's one that kind of loops a little bit, but it's just got such like a catchy fun tune that i think and i I haven't played very much splatoon myself um kind of dying to but i was uh kind of holding out for the switch version although since that's a sequel i might just jump in on the wii u version to uh acclimatize myself with the splatoon formula beforehand um but anyways i i would think that if i were to lose a battle i would hardly even mind because i like this music so much (laughs) yeah i i haven't played any splatoon actually but um mm-hmm. i i like this music it seems uh from what i know of it and i know a lot of people who are very into uh into this game it seems uh like something that would really fit in with that aesthetic uh it, it isn't super gloomy doomy it's it's very uh catchy yeah i i believe yeah. uh i believe that's a good good word for it as a certain cartooniness to mm-hmm. it as well just because of all the kind of like sillier instruments that they've picked but uh i think it holds together nicely so this is Battle Lose Result from Splatoon. And we are heading back into some more uh, JRPG uh, categories here uh, because they have deaths like nobody else. (laughs) (laughs) Very dramatic deaths. You Mm. know, you know that I had to have 
I had to sneak some persona in here somewhere. So uh, yeah, I, I uh, have chosen a track from a game that I, uh, I only finished relatively recently uh, when it, it got a PSP port. This is another game that initially did not actually come out in, uh, in the West, and it is from uh, Persona 2 Innocent Sin. Now, there's two Persona 2 games, uh, and I won't go into a huge amount of detail about those. Uh, there, there are other podcasts for that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Persona 2 was split into two parts. Persona 2 uh, Eternal Punishment is the one that came out in the West. Persona 2 Innocent Sin only came out in Japan and was kind of the other half of the story. Uh, so anybody playing Persona 2 didn't really get the full story. Uh, but anybody who's ever played really any Shin Megami Tensei game knows that there's a pretty heavy emphasis on death. Death is even a character in most of the games. Uh, mm. So uh, this one, uh, the track that I have chosen is Dance of Death, uh, and the uh, composers, I wasn't entirely sure who composed the specific track, as seems to be the case with a lot of those older games, but uh, by Toshiko Tasaki Kenichi Tsuchiya and Masaki Kurokawa uh, were the primary composers on that soundtrack. And uh, this is one of the really dramatic pieces uh, from that from that whole series, really, that plays over the uh, sort of main protagonists, uh, well, one of the main protagonists' deaths in the game. And uh, I really like the uh, the piano in this. And I was saying before the show that uh, piano is one of the surest ways to get me interested in a soundtrack mm-hmm. because I just, I, I love the way that, that it tends to make things sound. Uh, so this is a very effective track for me, and I thought it was a good one to include here. This is a nice track because early PlayStation days, um, or I should say PlayStation 1 era, mm-hmm. was uh, still kind of in that transitional period between using primarily MIDI instruments and real instruments. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you'd still hear a lot of MIDI, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I like the sound of a lot of old uh, MIDI um, type compositions from uh, earlier video games like that. But uh I think that there's a certain um, kind of anonymity of the pianist that a MIDI necessitates because it is yeah. electronic and it is very precise and there isn't that kind of physicality, that weight to it that you would hear in a real piano performance. And I think that this song in particular really kind of imparts that weight, that tangibility that you would get from really playing a piano. You can hear the uh, the, the pianist really kind of weighing down on those keys mm-hmm. and uh, kind of lightly dancing across others. And it, it's very um, kind of texturally dynamic in a way that is, uh, you know, probably not the most uh, uncommon thing in a lot of music. But I think for early, early-ish <laughs> video game music, um, that should still be kind of applauded because it wasn't the norm back then. Yeah, I and something else from the uh, the Persona series that I didn't include uh, just because I've used it before, uh, and uh, it's also in the Persona special, I believe, is uh, some of the game over music from Persona Three and I think Persona Four as well. Uh, I don't really remember what the game over music is there, but it's it's kind of a recurring theme, uh, the Velvet Room music that you hear, and that is that's very similar. It, um, the arrangement that they tend to use for the game over mm-hmm. yeah. has that piano to it and, and kind of takes something that you hear a lot of throughout the game and just makes it sort of somber and, it, and it feels like a game over, you know, it feels like you, you have lost something. And I think mm-hmm. that's what this, this really brings in. Yeah. So this is 
A Dance of Death from Persona 2 Innocent Sin. speaking just before that last track about the Velvet Room music, that's actually like one of the things that this next track makes me think of. I think those opening notes are very similar <laughs> to the Velvet Room song. Mm-hmm. Um, this, of course, is completely, uh, it has nothing to do with the Persona series as <laughs> far as I know, at least. It could, you could probably tie it together in some of those, uh, you know, wide webs of continuities that St. Elsewhere fans like to put together, but uh, <laughs> Shin Megami as, as Tensei is a weird <laughs> series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as I know, <laughs> Shadowgate is completely separate. Um, it, it's worth noting, as we've uh, featured at least one song uh, from Shadowgate on a previous Sound of Play, uh, that was uh, one of uh, Cole's, I believe, uh, picks from our last Halloween special. The original version of Shadowgate. Uh, did not include any music. It was a little bit before music in video games was uh, commonly expected. And it wasn't until the uh, 1989 re-release on the NES that the game received its now somewhat iconic soundtrack. It's it's a well-remembered collection of music by a lot of uh, old-school aficionados. Um, this in particular is called Death Music, and this plays in the uh, the screen that informs you that you have indeed died, um, <laughs> as a lot of these do. Uh, but it has uh, some really nice kind of arpeggiation, which reminds me of the Velvet Room song from uh, from Persona Three and Four. Yeah, and 
uh, probably the others. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. sorry, those are the two that I'm familiar with. I should not speak like an expert of persona <laughs> in front of Leah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's no, that's true though. It uh, they they do use a, uh, a a form of it in most of the persona games okay. that I've played, at least. So you're good. <laughs> sorry, I just kind of remembered you saying something about that on the uh, on the yeah. um, persona special you hosted with Josh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Anyways, um, this is a bit of Shadowgate, a game that I have not played, but uh, I've listened to a fair amount of the soundtrack and I've been really impressed with what I've heard. Uh, This is composed by Hiroyuki Masuno. I haven't heard much of the music from it, but I I really like this. It's it's interesting to think that that it didn't... originally have music that this was not not mm. an afterthought but it, that it was a, an addition later on with the game uh, it it fits from what i know of of the game which which granted is not much but uh, it seems like it fits that kind of um that kind of feeling that they would have been going for it's definitely become inseparable in its legacy in the years following yeah um, just due to the strength of composition of the soundtrack um, maybe even outshining the uh, legacy of the game itself. <laughs> I hear more about the music than I do about the gameplay. <laughs> but regardless, this is death music from Shadowgate. This next track here is one of <laughs> one of my weird favorites, and I I kind of played around with uh, should I put this at the beginning of the show? Should I put this <laughs> at the end of the show? Because I feel like uh, you know, with no disrespect to the other composers, while this isn't the best song that we're going to feature, it's probably the most memorable. <laughs> it it is that I I have not I had never heard this before, so this this was a new one on me. <laughs> Uh, this is from a from an adventure game. I believe it's kind of like an action point and click ish type game. I, I know very little about the game itself uh, because, from what I understand, the game's a little difficult to track down. Um, but the game is called Total Distortion uh, by a studio named Pop Rocket uh, about some sort of like sci-fi heavy metal ish type universe. Um, it, it looks kind of weird, but. Uh, uh, maybe the kind of thing that I would be into. Who knows? Maybe I'll track it down someday. That kind of a brutal um, legend a... feel off of the uh, off of the aesthetic there. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a particular track called "You Are Dead," and um, it plays in instances in which you would be dead, <laughs> as the title implies. There is no real information about who wrote this song or who performs it or anything like that. But it's uh, notable for being 
a uh, a voiced song in a time before mm-hmm. you know Jonathan Colton was writing music for any <laughs> video game that would ask him to. <laughs> you know, this was kind of a, a fun thing for a video game to have like a song with lyrics <laughs> playing over its game over screen. Yeah, I think I think it uh, kind of contradicts what I was saying before uh, about not really wanting to spend much time on a game over screen because mm. I, I mean, <laughs> I probably would have listened to this over and over again. It feels almost like it's uh, taunting you with how long the song is. And that's kind of a, that's a, a gag that a lot of you know, comedy acts use is when something <laughs> is expected to be very short and very uh, inconsequential. Let's drag it out into something <laughs> long and um, draw a lot of attention to something that would normally be swept under the rug. Uh, so I, I think it definitely has a lot of that playing towards it. I think it's just a, a generally it's it's pretty funny and it's also like fairly catchy. It's not a bad song. <laughs> yeah. Not too bad, though. One that I kind of like. So, yes, this is You Are Dead. We don't know who composed it, but we do know that it is from Total Distortion. You are dead, dead, dead. You are dead, dead, dead. Thought you were hot. Guess what? You're not. You are dead, dead, dead. You brought your whole adventure to a screeching halt. You are dead. Your heart has stopped and your brain is cold You were so, so dead And now your body is starting to mold You were so, so dead This dimension cuts like a knife You are dead, dead, dead What a pitiful waste of a human life You are dead Your heart has stopped and your brain is cold You were so, so dead And now your body is starting to mold You were so, so dead Aw, such a sad, sad story You're gone, empty head in the red Game over, you're through Gone How does it feel to be dead? You're through! You're dust! I hope you improve your lousy score! Adios! See you later! Bye bye! Try again! You are dead, dead, dead! 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 You are dead, dead! Well, let's uh, let's follow that one up. Hard left turn. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the next song that I this is one of the first things that I thought of when I was uh, looking for tracks to kind of bring together for this. Probably the game that I would consider having been the the saddest ultimately that I have ever played. Mm. Uh, the 
most extreme emotional reaction I have had to a game was when I Duke Nukem Forever was when I finished Duke Nukem <laughs> Forever and <laughs> um, well the second the second most emotional <laughs> game that I've ever played uh, was the first season of The Walking Dead uh, mm. the final episode of that of that whole mm. series I sat at my computer and I bawled for a good 20 minutes and I mean yeah, game, yeah. games have made me cry before and I'm sure that they will again but this this will always stick out as something that I had a very strong reaction to and the music is obviously a huge part of that so the track that I have chosen is called Goodbye and it is by Jared Emerson Johnson and from The Walking Dead the first season the very last, well, not the very last scene, but very close to the very last scene. This is the music that plays when you, as Lee, need to uh, have Clementine make a choice. And what choice you make determines not the ultimate ending because things are going to turn out sort of the same either way, but it is mm. a very difficult choice to make. I will say that. Right. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the uh, the two of you are kind of parting ways. Yes. Um, this is the primary relationship that the entire series was based around. And uh, you had grown to be, to have this kind of like father daughter relationship mm. in a way between these two characters. And so, uh, you know, but in times like these in um, uh, zombie apocalypses and these, these difficult uh, times when people are kind of, um, you know, being pulled in all directions, often literally in yes. these cases, <laughs> um, uh, there are certain partings that are inevitable. And uh, while kind of dancing around the specifics, this is one of those partings. Yes, definitely. And uh, even without the game, to back it up this is this is a pretty sad piece and i think mm. that it really did add a lot to making me cry my eyes out at the end mm, of the yeah. game so uh, I, I think that it fits very well i think it, I, I, this was one of the ones i definitely wanted to uh, to have included i like that uh texturally the song employs a lot of uh of heavily layered like deep cello mm, notes mm -hmm. in there as well which um, is perhaps intentionally, perhaps unintentionally, sounds a little bit like a uh, kind of a droning zombie horde yeah. <laughs> in a way, just because you get a lot of those kind of like deeper guttural notes that yeah. you can't get from a lot of other instruments. Even things like an oboe have a little bit more of a, uh, a bit of a peppy sound to them. Um, you know, there's nothing that sells a real kind of mournfulness and uh, almost like a uh, like a human voice to it, like a cello does. And so I think it was definitely the right choice for this piece in, uh, in many ways. And I believe, uh, I believe the same composer, uh, did the soundtrack for the entire season one. Uh, I'm not sure mm -hmm. about the other, uh, the other seasons, but I, I, the music for the whole walking dead season one is, is really good and very well, uh, implemented in a lot of the scenes. So, uh, if you haven't, uh, well, first of all, if you haven't played The Walking Dead season one, then my God, do it. It, <laughs> I, The notes that yeah, I have written <laughs> down here are basically playable on everything you own, which is true. It's available in a lot of different places, but also uh, seek out the soundtrack, particularly if, if this song, uh, if you like this song. To hear our Kane and Rince issue on The Walking Dead, that's actually a bit of a misnomer. We recorded two issues on The Walking Dead hmm. back when... Uh, back when we were still kind of um, toying around with 
longer form episodes and uh, we decided to this one was so long we decided to cut it into two shows which is not something that we've done since but it is uh a canon rinse issues 65 and 66 um sorry that is incorrect it is uh they are both canon rinse issue 66 just 66 part one and 66 part two <laughs> so you can go and uh, hunt those down so this is goodbye from the walking dead season one This next track is a bit of on the shorter side, as we had uh, alluded to before, but it's a, it's a nice composition. It's very delicate. It's very small. And so I apologize to anyone who's uh, listening to this on the subway or, or playing this in their car stereo, because it might not even play loudly over the background noise that you'd be experiencing in those situations. But I think it is a nice piece, uh, given you can hear it. Um, <laughs> but it, it plays out like a... Uh, uh, like a music box type of uh, of sound. Yeah. Um, this is called I Closed My Eyes and it is composed by Hiroki Kikuda uh, from Secret of Mana. Uh, Leah, you're a big JRPG fan. This is oftentimes one of the uh, origin points of many JRPG fans' uh, fandom. Uh, was this one that you had played back when it was on the Super Nintendo? Actually, I have never played Secret of Mana. Okay. I know that's that's shocking, but um, <laughs> I, I do tend to really enjoy uh, Square's music. Mm-hmm. So uh, be it Uematsu uh, or whoever else uh, in this case, uh, Kikuta. And um, yeah, it's I, I do like this piece. It's it's as you say, it is delicate and kind of uh, on the shorter side, but I think it fits uh, with with the kind of atmosphere that the uh, the mana games tend to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this kind of reminds me of uh, when I did the uh, the sound of play 
special. I, th- I believe that was uh, Sound of Place 60, uh, recorded with Darren Gargett about the Donkey Kong Country series. Uh, that one had a very similar game over theme, oddly enough, <laughs> for uh, Donkey Kong Country 3. Uh, we remarked on how it sounded like something from a JRPG. It really <laughs> uh, kind of clashed with what we had come to expect from the Donkey Kong Country music, especially as it is uh, superimposed over a uh, a screen of a couple of uh, monkeys in a baby crib. Go back <laughs> yes. to that sound of play if that's uh, something that you're not immediately remembering or just uh, YouTube search the game over theme from Donkey Kong Country 3 because it's a, it's a real oddity. Uh, something I thought I'd at least mention, but this is a piece that it reminds me a lot of. I, I feel justified in making that JRPG comparison now. <laughs> uh, so this is the very lovely, very short, very quiet. <laughs> I closed my eyes by Hiroki Kikuda. And as I said before, I'm not just going to leave you all down in the dumps all day with a lot of these sad, mournful songs. We're going to, uh, sometimes you go out in the blaze of glory (laughs) and this is kind of the type of music that I tend to associate with that. Um, this is very much like a cool guy walking away from an explosion (laughs) type song. (laughs) That sounds Uh, about right. (laughs) From, uh, this is from Batman, the video game, uh, for the NES which was um, uh, the particular track is called Game Over Theme by Naoki Kodaka. This is a uh, very famous NES game, uh, famous for being uh, kind of late NES, but probably being the most uh, probably graphically impressive game to um, ever feature on the system by a lot of people's estimation. Um, A very advanced game for the early system that it was on, and it was really kind of like a nice bridge between the NES and the Super NES, which, you know, the Super NES had a lot of games that I would argue don't even begin to approach the level of uh, of graphical fidelity shown off by Batman on the NES. It's an impressive game going back to it and just thinking like, wow, this is the same system that, you know, all of these like other, you know, classic, very good games, but, you know, a lot simpler uh, were was on. Um, they really were pushing the hardware to its limits at this point. Yeah, I want to say that I might have played the Genesis version. Mm, I'm not yeah. 100% sure about that, but I, I wasn't it really difficult or was I just young? <laughs> I, I, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I do, I, I have very vague memories of this, but this, I, I like the song a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's very kind of, kind of like rocky, jazzy a little bit. It, it plays like the song that would be at the end of a movie yep. in a way. And I guess, <laughs> I wonder if this has... Any inspiration? No, because I, I suppose the uh, the Donny Elfman, uh, Danny Elfman, <laughs> Donny, um, Danny Elfman, <laughs> Batman known, score. Elfman <laughs> That's right. 
is uh, is very well known, very distinctive. This doesn't really sound anything like that. So I don't really know where they got this idea from, but it's a uh, it's certainly a cool song. So this is uh, the Game Over theme from Batman the Video Game back in 1990. One track left, but before you listen to that, you can uh, venture over to our forum at caneandrince.com slash forum. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at caneandrince, or you can uh, check out our Facebook page. Our Google Plus is probably still active somewhere in the uh, the sea of Google Plusity. You can request <laughs> songs on any of those locations, and we will play your requests in uh, most sound of plays. We now have a Patreon. You can search for us on Patreon. We are caneandrince on there as well. Uh, where you can pledge uh, any amount of money per month. We greatly appreciate any contributions that are given to us. Uh, Though nothing is locked behind paywalls, we strive to, and part of the reason that the uh, Patreon exists is so that we can continue to provide everything that we do freely because that is uh, what we believe in, kind of the free dissemination of uh, information and, um, and the work that we do. It's important to us and... Uh, it's also important to those who have pledged to us. We do greatly appreciate that, and it helps the show sound better, um, gives us some more time for research, and um, will allow us to do some very exciting things going forward. And it will only continue to expand as uh, we now have 
a little bit more elbow room resource wise uh, to expand what we do. So thank you very much for those. And remember also to uh, subscribe to Sound of Play on iTunes. And we do very much appreciate ratings uh, that helps our visibility um, as well as uh, recommendations over Twitter or anything like that. We always appreciate having uh, new ears come our way. So I've been Ryan Heyman, and that's always a weird way. I will continue to also be Ryan Heyman <laughs> for the foreseeable future. And uh, I would like to thank Leah for joining me today. Yes, thank you. I, I, this was fun. I really liked this idea. I'm glad to uh, have heard a lot of the things that have come out of it, even if it has been a little sad at times. <laughs> uh, well, it's, um, it helps us appreciate the bright spots in life all yes, that much more. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so you are bringing us one final track to play us out today, and I have to say this is an appropriate ending because this is one of the more iconic endings in all of video games. Yes. So uh, this track is uh, from an ending that everybody kind of knew was coming. Uh, it is from the end of Halo Reach which was the last Bungie Halo game and mm -hmm. uh, in 2010 on the uh, Xbox 360. And uh, the track is called Epilogue by Marty O'Donnell. And uh, it plays at the very end of the game uh, in, fittingly enough, kind of the epilogue to the game. When you go into this game, you know, having played the other Halo games, that it's not going to have a happy ending. Uh, it's because, kind of legendarily so. It's something yeah. that a lot of the soldiers talk about, you know, remember the fall of Reach. Yes. And um, it's become a unavoidable part of. And so, you know, I've given you, Leah license to uh, yes. to go into spoilers <laughs> so, about yeah, this particular we're, game because it is necessary. If you don't want the necessary. end of Halo Reach spoiled, then... <laughs> Then don't play uh, any of the Halo games. Yeah, no, this, but uh, the the end the end of Halo Reach was was always going to be a uh, an unhappy ending because mm -hmm. you know that Reach does fall to the Covenant and um, you you know that things are going to go badly. So you've spent most of the game coming close to those in your in your unit. Uh, you have seen some of them fall along the way and this is kind of the last stand and this is different from anything you've really seen in a halo game thus far because you get one objective and that is survive and mm -hmm. it's an impossible objective because you can't win you literally cannot win this fight so you just fight until you can't fight anymore and it's very dramatic and it's very big and you knew that it was coming but it's still a very um I, I said dramatic before, but that's kind of the word I keep coming back to is yeah. it's it's this very um, it, it's kind of a um, an action movie type ending. You know, it's it, everything. Everything has been building to this the whole time, the point mm -hmm. that you knew that it was coming to. And uh, the music that plays along with it is is sad, but it's also it's also in a way, it's almost triumphant because you you can't have done anything about this. You know that as the player, but they didn't know that. So they're still fighting. And I, I think that's that's to be commended in a way. They're heroes. Certainly. Yes, exactly. I was introduced to the idea of a scripted loss in uh, in Xenogears mm -hmm. um, back in the old PlayStation days. And I have to say, like, it impressed me because... It just kind of like completely blew my mind in a way. It's like mm -hmm. I was so used to 
hitting, you know, start and retry anytime any little thing went wrong in a Tony Hawk run or something <laughs> like that. And so, you know, I was very used to, um, you know, just beating at something again and again and again until you can win because everything was supposed to be beatable. But uh, that moment where I had a loss and the story continued forward and I realized like, oh, that loss was supposed to happen. Like I thought that was the most clever thing that I had ever seen before. And I know Xenogears probably wasn't the first game to ever do that, but um, but it was kind of revelatory, but it also kind of ruined me in a way because <laughs> every loss that I experienced going forward, I thought, well, it's not that I'm not good enough at the game. It's that I was supposed to lose here. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Sometimes there is some truth in that, like the uh, the opening boss of Dark Souls or something oh, like that. Yeah. Like that's kind of in between a scripted loss and a just <laughs> you you're not good enough loss. You can win and... that fight. <laughs> yeah. Technically. Uh, no, I, I generally I really don't like scripted losses. I mm -hmm. because I if I don't see it coming, then I get upset because I'm thinking, oh, this is unfair, this is unfair, this is unfair, and then I lose the fight, and it was unfair because I was supposed to lose that. But um, Especially if you didn't know going into it and you yes. used all your potions yeah, or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the part that generally makes me upset. But I mean, for this one in particular, you know that this is not right. going to end well. And um, I, it, it was, I thought that this was one of the cases in which it was done extremely well. Yeah, definitely. It kind of reminds me of that ending from Half-Life where you're transported to the world full of monsters. I believe one of the Dooms also has an ending like that where you just have to, you know, keep your guns going for as long mm -hmm. as you can, but you'll eventually be overrun. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a very fitting end to a uh, very poignant game. And that's not often, uh, I'm not the biggest Halo fan in the world. And uh, I will say that this ending did really impress me. And so it uh, it broke through my my stony cold heart. I think that Reach is probably my favorite Halo game. I, I wouldn't consider yeah, myself to be yeah. a big Halo fan, but I mm -hmm. I enjoy the games and I've enjoyed mostly playing them in co op. And uh, Reach, I I think would probably be uh, be up there for me. I think especially for those who are into the single player content and yes. the stories and stuff, that's a uh, fairly common consensus that a lot of people come to. Um, it's uh, It was well regarded back then and, um, and well remembered now. And if you would like to hear uh, longer form thoughts on Halo Reach, including uh, more musings about that ending, you can listen to Kane and Rince issue 193. So let's go ahead and listen to that, uh, that piece by Marty O'Donnell. This is Epilogue from the end of Halo Reach. We'll see you next time. <laughs>